0: In this episode of the Full Nerd, Ryzen XT. Oh, I messed that up. Can't remember. Ah, here we go. In this episode of the Full Nerd, Ryzen XT NVIDIA's co processor. And is the PS5 beautiful or ugly? Or Fugly i can't say that people can
1: are we still trying to pursue that mcdonald's sponsorship because otherwise it doesn't matter mcdonald's yeah well f-
2: mm. f- fuckly no, isn't a bad
0: word mcdonald's might be a better like aim i don't think we're going to get the disney thing or netflix show <laughs> anytime soon but it- mcdonald's well s- soon enough
2: G- disney is going to buy mcdonald's and then yeah we're, we're, we're good. we'll get grandfathered yeah. In. yeah exactly yes. or
1: cut loose once the acquisition's done
0: <laughs> yeah we'll find out one of those yeah, yeah. We could actually end up working at McDonald's. That could be the bonus. <laughs> In the drive-thru?
1: Only if there's a McRib.
0: Oh, oh McRib. Yeah. Okay, ready? I'm actually going to do the official intro. All the stuff gets cut out. You get to see the raw stuff. It's like being at the audience at Letterman, which young people don't even know who that is. But welcome to episode 142. I'm your ho- uh Damn it. I screwed that up, too. This is this has been a little while. <laughs> All right, I gotta this I gotta pick a better highlight because I can't even read it. Welcome to episode one forty two of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Ma Ung, with co host Brad Charkis. Hello Internet. Elena Yee. Hi everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal.
2: We're here. Yeah. We're we're doing it again. I'm excited. We got <laughs> we got big news this week. That's we do good have big news. For- There's lots of and big Bra- news. And Brad's some of it. back.
3: Who it's been
0: a while. Yeah. Yeah, hey, have Welcome a nice back, week Brett. off. Although some of it's not real news, but oh. we, you know, the co-processor, because that's not official, right? That's just simply all the
3: leaks. I take a week off and you guys make me start covering rumors as penance.
2: <laughs> what is time? <laughs> what is, <you> know. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm, I'm
0: going to start it off, though. I'm going to kick it off first thing. Uh, it's already been leaked. Uh, I don't know if it's intentional or not because I think it was at Amazon or was it a retailer or was it AMD Italy that
3: had leaked yeah. the specs? AMD Italy at Amazon. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, Amazon. Yep. And basically, so the Ryzen XT parts are here. I'm going to break it down. We have the 12-core Ryzen 9, 3,900 XT, 499, Ryzen 7, 3,800 XT, 8-cores, Ryzen 5 3600 XT 249. Uh, I'm not going to really get into I didn't actually bring up the clock speeds because it's actually pretty easy. The Ryzen 9 3900 XT gives you 100 more megahertz on boost, same base. The Ryzen 7 gives you uh, 200 megahertz, I believe, and on, on boost, same base. And the Ryzen 5 3600 XT gives you 100 more megahertz on boost, same base, same TDPs, basically the same launch price as the original X parts uh, a year, uh, roughly a year ago. And uh, of course, the really bad news for everybody, although I do have some points about this, is the Ryzen 9 3900 XT and the Ryzen 7 3800 XT no longer give you a stock Wraith cooler. Mm. The Ryzen, the Ryzen yeah. 5 3600 uh, XT does. And I'm going to give you the official wording on this from AMD. Uh, The AMD Ryzen 9 3900 XT and AMD Ryzen 7 3800 XT and Ryzen 5 3600 XT processors feature tailored specifications engineered for enthusiasts who regularly choose aftermarket cooling for the highest possible performance. As a result, AMD is recommending the use of an all-in-one solution for a minimum, uh, with a minimum 280-millimeter radiator or equivalent air cooling to experience these products at their best. So why basically give you a
3: cooler that you're just going to throw away, right? Well, my thoughts reading that are these are only 100 or 200 megahertz more than the original parts, which work just fine with the stock coolers. So... I think they just don't want you to – they just don't want to pay the cost of including uh, a stock cooler because to increase clock speeds, 100 megahertz, and go from, hey, you need you can use the stock cooler to all of a sudden you need a 280-millimeter all-in-one cooler, that's quite a freaking jump.
0: So what do you think that implies, Brad? Because one thing I did bring up from my story that I wrote yesterday is that maybe the overclock better? the the yeah. official release from amd was like no we they didn't say anything about overclocking they didn't imply anything but they don't yeah. really say whether their overclocks better i think it may be because they are of course newer chips than the original year old chips so maybe there's something there but
3: yeah if nothing i would guess these would be like super highly binned versions of these chips right and so and those typically tend to overclock better so there's a very good chance that's correct that being said, I still think it's kind of lame to skip out of the cooler. When every single review, part of the value proposition, we're like, hey, yeah. Ryzen's so much better than Core right now. is yeah. has to do with that stock cooler.
0: Uh, I, I do want to read you a comment. Um, I want to read you a comment from... Let me see if I can find it. Because I, I do want to call this out. Uh
2: well, while you're looking, I'll say uh, today's episode is brought to you uh, by VC Jester, who gave us $20. Yeah. Said it's uh, the best place in town for bad jokes. When you need to roll some <laughs> eyes, you come see VC Jester.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up a comment from Reddit. Um, and this is, I'm sure, replicated many times in the internet. I can go look around there. So it's not really a straw man argument. But, quote, other than the slightly higher boost clock. Oh, wait. That's not Sorry. Quote, makes more sense for them not to include the cooler, obviously, in parentheses. Uh, It's made to appeal to the people who don't even take the stock
3: cooler out of the box, right? So Mm -hmm. this is all Mm -hmm. okay. I I see plenty of... Ryzen builds with high-end chips. If you go to the PC Master Race subreddit or any other subreddit like that, that people are showing off their builds, and an awful lot of them include those Wraith coolers because people like the looks. Yeah. So I don't 100% agree with that, you know, comment.
0: Well, do you? I, and I do want to point out this one thing because if you're sitting down in Santa Clara at Intel right, and you're like, "Wait a minute, Internet! You, you beat us bloody because we don't include coolers with K-series parts, right? K-series yeah. are." Essentially, enthusiast, overclocking, high performance, although not as high performance as some Ryzen parts, some would say. But you just have been rubbing our nose in it for uh, uh, ever since the original Ryzen came out with the box coolers. And then now you're suddenly like, uh, we forgive you. It's okay. You don't have to include these. Do do we think that's sort of like uh, internet <laughs> hypocrisy?
1: There, I I do think it's strange to give them a pass on this if they're they're raking Intel over the coals about it. I would agree on that point because, I mean, the the higher clocks aren't even that dramatically high, so it's yeah. not like there's not like you suddenly get all this performance. They're like, well, our cooler's just not going to do it, which is what Brad said earlier. So it doesn't make any sense to me logically so why they give one megahertz. pass. Yeah, you're giving one a pass, not the other. I think it just has to do with the fact that they they have what um, I don't know if it's an official thing, but someone used to call it the golden halo effect. Like once you're in somebody's good graces, you give them a pass far more often for what they do, rather than you know nitpicking everything as you would if they didn't have that kind of already uh, good reputation in your eyes.
3: Yeah, I think. If I think there is a decent chance that these do overclock better. Uh, and that's part of, you know, the reason they're thinking behind this. But if that's the case, I think they should have came out with that messaging and yep. said that right now here, so that we don't have that controversy. And they they, they should say, hey, you know, these are built for overclocking. That's why gonna, they're like the K Series chips. Those are built for overclocking. That's why Intel doesn't do a cooler. These ones specifically are built for overclocking, that's why we don't include cooler. Instead, we're looking at a hundred to two hundred megahertz clock speeds improvements on paper and no cooler so it seems like a net negative to me uh but we'll see when it comes out i guess
0: yeah we got we got a reserve judgment because we don't know we haven't seen the chips yet you always wait for the reviews Mm -hmm. but i do wonder if it's a problem because there's plenty of previous uh ryzen parts out there right so if there's a 3900x that's got a higher got a lower turbo of a hundred megahertz and it comes with a cooler and it's four like eighty dollars
3: less. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. And it seems like that's sort of a tough, I I, I would imagine a lot of people are just going to go ahead and I want to buy the cheaper one. Would, I, would yep. you agree with that, Elena? You'd I'm... go with the cheaper one?
1: In this case, yeah. Like until until we come out, until we actually. Sorry, everybody, my uh, my pop filter here is falling off. Um, until we actually see performance, I just don't think it. There's nothing here that I find super compelling just yet.
0: So, would you say that mostly uh, kind of disappointed, kind of like, eh? I, you know, it's
3: interesting. <laughs>
1: I just think the marketing around it is weird. I mean, obviously it's a leak and it's not marketing, <laughs> but the fact that it's already leaking and they're not, oh, no, becoming, this is official as a, oh, it's,
3: official okay, yeah. it's official now.
1: Okay. It's official now. Then it's even weirder that they're not saying anything to, to make it clear why there's this distinction between the two types of parts, you know, like what, what, what would compel anybody to shell out that extra cash?
0: Yeah. You know, the other thing I, I do want to point out is it didn't, unfortunately didn't make it into the, the edit that, I I actually describe this as a, as a, as AMD's Intel moment on the on the face of this we don't know anything else but on the face of it it was like you give us I think they officially are saying 4% more performance and mm-hmm. no cooler and 499 <laughs> it's like it's like again to be yeah. fair to people people have been just hammering intel over this this is like this is like an intel move right four percent yep. clock you know some of them have been four percent some have been eight percent they've been you know but solid you know single digit performance increases but people have been like oh my god intel can you give us a?" this is amd pretty much doing an
3: intel move would you agree i i think of it differently actually i think of this as amd having an Nvidia moment uh oh. because this isn't the next gen part yet i think Ryzen 5000, 4000, whatever winds up being called, Zen 3, is probably going to kick a lot of ass. Uh, to me, this is AMD responding to the new core chips, uh, you know, maybe beating them by a few percent in Cinebench or something like that. So you remember when, like, Radeon released the Vega 56, and there were already 50,000 NVIDIA... 10 series parts, but the Vega 56 beat one of them by like 3%. So NVIDIA is like, all right, so we're going to put out the 1070 Ti now. And that's 2% faster than that. That's no. what this strikes me as. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had that, that theory
0: that they had, you know, cause they knew, they knew Intel was preparing, you know, their, their current chips. So they basically let's, let's, let's bin up some, the best of the best. And then we need a part to, to respond to it, you know, the Intel parts came out and there was, you know, you know, it, it was, you know, solid, solid launch, gets him closer, but still didn't really kind of like, didn't reset. Like I think we said earlier in a podcast, the MT didn't really have to do anything. And this is kind of like, well, we'll push it out anyway. You know, it's, it's like, we got these parts, let's do it anyway. Right. Just, to, just like you said, you're right. It is, it is really much, <laughs> it is like an NVIDIA moment. It's like, we're just going to come out with this just to crap on you, just just to be <laughs> better. Too- and it's gonna cost more, so you know, we don't really wanna sell it, but we just wanna we just wanna make you feel worse about your 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 part, right? That's that yep. is it. So one
1: difference though is that NVIDIA probably would have still included the cooler. I think like that's that would have been their move, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they like to do that. They come out and they come out with something that's just so hard to argue with that even if you're paying more for it, people are like, All right, sure. <laughs>
3: I've always, I've always hated that. I hate that K-Series chips do it. I hate these chips doing it. I think every single processor needs a cooler. Like, when you buy a piece of computer equipment, you should get the parts that's needed for it to work. These require a cooler. I think it should come with the stock cooler, just across the board for every CPU.
1: Yeah. People in chat are arguing, though, that uh, somebody who's buying this kind of chip would just buy a Noctua or something else anyway, but I still, I, I'm with you on that, Brad, that it's It's just nice to have everything you need right there. Mm
3: -hmm. Go look at, like I said, go look at Reddit. There's a ton of, hey, I'm a first-time builder. I bought this Ryzen 7 chip. I've been saving for two years kind of a deal. And they have the Wraith cooler because they dig the look of it and because it's their first time buying it. So they just buy a processor, not realizing the need to buy another cooler or whatever. So. Yeah,
0: I, but, you know, again, I mean, I know the comments are you just go out and buy Noctua and all-in-one, whatever, but it's just kind of like, I, I want to point out, nobody gave Intel a pass, right? This mm-hmm. whole time, people have been kicking Intel, you are right in the nads over no cooler, right? Like, And mm-hmm. and their argument was the same thing, as like, you're buying a 9900K, KS, what do you want a cooler for? You're going to go out and buy aftermarket, but, you know, blah. I I just think it's that just bugs me a little bit because I I think yeah. it's people need to realize that it's not fair to hold one company to one standard and and give the other a pass. Hundred percent. Even though I totally agree with that, but I do agree. I I do disagree somewhat because if you're going on, you're buying a twelve core CPU for five hundred dollars. I don't think they're going to be misinformed enough to not have a cooler. You know, I I do think that crowd, even the Ryzen seven. You know the 3800 XT. You're you're buying this purpose for one thing. You're gonna you know you 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 know you you need a cooler. It feels like. So. I mean, and especially when a,
2: a hyper 212 Evo is like it's. I mean, twenty five bucks. It, yeah, it's it's like nothing you know compared to a high end CPU. So like that's. Yeah. Mm,
1: that's. though I mean I would say most people in that price range would know that but I do think I mean Brad's right you see people saying like hey I'm I'm coming from being a Mac user like they abandoned us I'm going to build my own rig for the first time what do I need so there are still people who don't know
2: yeah yeah
3: well uh, I also what rubs me wrong about this is that I really think that whole you know AMD statement that you read earlier is a bit disingenuous it feels like to me because, again, this is 100 to 200 megahertz extra. You don't go from we need a stock cooler to you need a 280 millimeter liquid cooler over 100 megahertz.
0: <laughs> it doesn't it does. Yeah, I mean, there's you can, you know, it'll either be there's a lot to read behind between the lines or but, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows?
3: Uh, I do want to point if, out, though. Oh, go good. Uh, if there is stuff that needs to be read between the lines, they should set it out loud. It does seem to make sense, right? Why
0: why make people guess? But Mm -hmm. here here's one thing I do want to point out because a lot of people are saying, well, come on, this the cost of a stock cooler is is five bucks, right? Or whatever the the Wraith coolers are five dollars. That really isn't, you know, over the for the for the cost of a three hundred dollar or four hundred dollar CPU, that's that's not a lot. Just just include it. Just include it. But you gotta realize, you know, if it is $5, and we don't know how much they cost, I'm going to guess the one that comes with the Ryzen 9 was not it's $5. not 5 yeah. was not $5. So, say it's $10. Let's say it's 10 bucks cost to AMD over, whatever, 3 million CPUs. That is a big chunk of change. You now well, it's not just that. that.
3: It's, it's also the packaging, because those coolers take up so much more space. You need a much bigger box. And when you're shipping thousands of these at once, saving, being able to cram three without a cooler into the space of one with the cooler is a huge cost savings too. And that all adds up. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of pluses
0: to it and you, you could almost see this. It's interesting. I think Steve Gamers X did a video and he thought when they decided to leave behind the old, you know, CPUs on the chipset, that whole kerfuffle, he said, this is really AMD sort of growing up in a lot of ways. Cause they got to make money. They got to sustain things. You could maybe read this as like, look, we got to make money, right? We can't, we can't continue to, we're already giving you such a ton of value for all the multi-core performance you're getting out of us. We got to make money. If you want the next generation of stuff to come, we can't, we're just giving you money f- for something that we realize a lot of you don't use. Let's just take that money and invest it into, you know, future products or s- future things.
2: Well, and uh speaking of next gen, uh somebody asked this earlier, Flash Photo, and I mean, I've seen it a lot of other places too. Uh, Why would they release it right now? Are we that far away from 4,000 series launch? Gordon, what do you think?
0: I think it's what Brad said. I I think there's a lot of what Brad (laughs) said in that. It's like, you know what? We got it. Who knows whether we've seen the rumors of the the chips leaking, saying that the the rumor saying Zen 3 is delayed. We don't know if that's true or not. If it is true then okay maybe it makes more sense but if it isn't you then you sort of like like why even do this part uh i think one is they just want to they just want to you know you it's like the end of a game where it's over your fourth quarter you're up by 30 points players are still doing slam dunks because they know they've just crushed you right so they're still doing slam dunks on intel so they they're, they're going to do it why not you know this is your chance to crush an opponent now this is like and i don't mean like a, i'm wearing nba stuff here but This is not an opponent that you have a friendly, not rivalry, but like you, if you have a heated rivalry, you hate each other. We're talking Yankees, Red Sox, Cavs, the the Warriors. You're going to go in and you're just going to, you're going to crush their spirit as much as you can, because why not? This is, this is payback. This is years (laughs) and years of getting stepped on. Now we're going to step on you. So I, I think there's a lot of that to that. And hell, we got the part. The other thing you got to realize, and you know, for us, we're nerds, we follow this stuff. Everybody goes to Reddit, they follow all the, the all the rumors. The average consumer that goes out and they buy a computer, they go to Best Buy, it says new core, you know, I9, 109, whatever the I can't remember the model, 1099, 1099. Well, you know, ten nine hundred k ten nine hundred k New. You see that new. Oh my God, it's new. What the hell? Ryzen 9 3900X, that's, that's a year old. I want the new stuff because new is better, right? The average consumer is going to go out. They're going to say, Hey, Ryzen 3900XT, it's new. In fact, it's even newer than the 10 series. I may want to buy this instead. And I think that moves a lot of people. So it's like when they did that rebranded 590 part because the As vendors want it. People want to see something new. They just, they can't keep selling the same thing for, for three years. Unless it's Polaris.
3: <laughs> yeah, but then they still put new numbers on there each time each year. So yeah.
0: But so I, I do think that's part of it. I mean there's a lot of business reasons to it. There's a lot of marketing, there's a lot of ego to it. Who knows? There's, who knows? It's a business issue. We won't know. Maybe when somebody writes a biography all the all this in, in twenty years, it'll be fun to find out.
2: Uh so to to kind of um Piggyback off of this, uh, because I know some people were asking about this, is Ziv had a question in in Discord earlier. um, What are your thoughts on the B550 motherboard pricing? Because this kind of goes hand-in-hand with the CPU stuff a little bit. Because it just came out.
1: just came out today. I haven't really had a chance to go through all the listings to really see what's out there.
3: In general, they're expensive. They're much yeah. more expensive than motherboards used to be. But the fact that AMD changed its mind and still will let B four hundred and fifty be compatible for one more generation, I am fine with that. I mean, you are just paying up for PCI, PCIe four at this point. I mean, uh, it's, I, that, that doesn't come free. So, I, I do want to say something. Uh, this is breaking
0: news. In fact, sort of. I am going. I am going to confidently say that rumors of Zen 3 launch being delayed are inaccurate. And that is all I can say at this point. But let's say that again for people on the live stream. This is information that is only coming to you right now, live. Uh, Rumors of Zen 3 launch, I can confidently say, are not true. You can read what you want into that, but that's what I can say at this point. So... If that's true, that goes to this is just simply them wanting to dunk some more on, on a hated <laughs> rival. So.
2: Also, could this be a, just another upgrade path for the people who are on older boards, right? Who can't get into the the newer chipset? Could that be it too? What do you mean? I mean, kind of like the 9900K versus KS where it's like, hey, you know, the, the next 10th gen, you know, you're going to need a new motherboard or whatever.
3: Uh could be. It's just. It is exactly like the KS. Basically, it's just like, hey, it's what we had, but just a little bit faster for more money.
0: <laughs> so did that? Yeah. No, people aren't blown away by the. Okay,
3: no.
2: By the hmm? by the breaking I'm, news, uh, uh, you know,
3: I'm I'm not surprised by that breaking news. Uh, whatever your sources may be, or your internal heart, whatever's telling you this. <laughs> uh, I mean, this the the first Ryzen chips came out last august yeah seven seven uh so i'm not i'm not surprised to hear that zen three would still be on track to ship later this year i'm not surpri- i wouldn't be surprised if it's later than they originally had planned but never announced because of just the crazy year that it's been mm-hmm. but i would be i would have been shocked to see it push back to next year uh,
2: yeah. N- Nithin uh in the chat is asking uh if if your sources have also told you when exactly it's releasing
0: no, I no, it's, it's, uh, we're not, there's, yeah. Just a feeling in his heart. Just a, let's just say, uh, <laughs> I can reliably, I can say confidently, it's, um, it is, uh, all the so,
3: rumors are not true. Apparently. So this is probably just, you know, a, an attempt at a kick in the junk of Intel. So that's pretty funny. It really is, right? Because, I mean, it is, it is an Nvidia part. It is an Nvidia moment, right?
0: I mean, this is sort of like them, like, yeah, let's just, cause that 10, that 1070 Ti was like, they probably sold like Mm. 500 of those. Nobody bought those things. It was like, it made no sense, but it just because they wanted to be first and it, it does read to be more like that, you know, Mm -hmm. than anything. So that's, you know, I'm not surprised because, I mean, you know, AMD has been hyper aggressive with, you know, wanting to, to basically, you know, stay in front and and again, uh, if Zen Three launches this year, probably most likely the rumors are inaccurate as I as I understand it. That that is a good sign because I was thinking about this before um, the show. I was like, and you know, because overnight he's like, God, you know, there's rumors of Zen Three slipping and everybody could understand it. Everybody, I mean, you really could forgive them, right? Cause it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, the world is crazy it's right now. Here. I can understand it, but it's like, but then I just kind of think like, but that's sort of like, Oh, again, this is sort of like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be too mean, but what company would say, yeah, we're ahead. So we're going to just push this back a year and give you a 4% clock boost and you can get it next year. I think we've seen yeah. that before. And it's, it's kind of like a, a, right. We've seen that precedent before. And
3: I think, it's, it's not good to get off the gas just because you're ahead a little yep. bit, right? You've I think it's has- awesome that AMD is in this position. I can't remember the last time AMD has been in this position in CPUs or GPUs. It's been a long time yeah. to just be pulling an NVIDIA-like move. I love it. No, and you know, I yeah, I mean, it goes back to the
0: original K7 launch, Athlon 64, Athlons. They were all spectacular CPUs, you know, and they all were, they always caught Intel at a bad moment. And, um, you know, the cycle is kind of comes back and forth so this this really is as yeah it really does feel like this previous moments in and in a lot of ways so and in some ways it isn't because yeah i mean their intel isn't as bad off i feel like as they were with the pending four pending four was they were really just in a bad spot against amd all the time almost so yeah. this time they sort of a little bit although yeah, the 3000s sort of really put them in a bad spot. The 10600K is looking pretty good,
3: but I just, yeah. it reminds me of a lot of parallels. But uh, you remember back in the day when uh, AMD launched that, I think it was a 9590 or something like that, the one that hit five gigahertz but required like exotic cooling and water coolers and stuff. And now we're seeing Intel in the same position kind of with the 9900K. They're hit, trying to hit five gigahertz. You know, you need the exotic cooling and stuff like that, just trying to keep up everywhere you can, putting the pedal to the metal.
0: Yeah, that part was a bit of a, a failure, I would say, because it ran hot. Um, I will say, when I originally did the original Ryzen review, I said, like, hey, I'm going to put the original 5 gigahertz uh, a Phenom. There's a Phenom part, right? Is it? I think I'm so. Gonna put the original, but that original 5 gigahertz part, because we had the original board, the original CPU, and the original water cooler that uh, AMD had sent out as a bundle to the media. It was in the lab. I set it all up. I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to update the BIOS on this thing. Update the BIOS. And, you know, because you want to do all your testing with the latest BIOS, because I've had that bite me before. It ran fine. I updated the BIOS. It would no longer work with that CPU. (laughs) No. Because ASRock, who made the board, if I'm right, the ASRock, the board is like, uh, you know what? We're not going to call this CPU for this board because <laughs> it <laughs> draws too much power and it's too hot. We're not going to do it. So that was that was definitely a, a bad moment. So, But yeah, you're right. It's interesting, right? Because, yeah. you know, you almost think like it, Intel should like, yeah, we're going to send out a, a stock 280-watt, you know, water cooler with the uh, the 10-series parts or something. I, <laughs> but no, this is... But that doesn't make any sense, right? Because people they want their own RGB cooler, they want their particular cooler,
3: so it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Time's just a circle. It's funny. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: Is that Matthew McConaughey? I don't know. Uh, yeah, for that's... me, it
3: was uh, the Dark Tower series by
0: Stephen oh. King. Oh, yeah, that was I think that's, a wheel. That to me, that's like uh, a True Detective, the original, actually, goods uh, uh, season, the first season. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it, so. You can only do it in a Matthew McConaughey voice though, with that Tom, Tom is a circle. You gotta get that little I can't do it all the time, but you have to really like whistle on everything. Yeah.
2: Uh, also, Tom, it's a circle. All of your <laughs> all your impressions always just somehow lead back to Bill
0: Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> I know, that's why. Because I know, unfortunately. I really I, I can get up to a, a Matthew McConaughey, but it's only if you whistle on everything. Kind of like <laughs> And I can't whistle. My lips are too dry right now. But. <laughs> well, I uh,
2: real quick do want to thank uh, LaSalle Rhymes III. Gave us $5 uh, in Super Chat. Thank you so much. Said, welcome back, crew. Uh, and Shark with Manners. I love that name. That's I love awesome. that name. Yeah, said, uh, I love watching uh, all you discussing uh, the hottest topics. And gave us uh, 10 pounds. Oh, ni- 9.99 you. pounds I think it is. So. Pound it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, and anything else on the, the Ryzen stuff, or should we uh, should we move forward?
3: I, there uh, is A520. Oh, right. Yeah. So you want to talk about that, or do you want me to talk about that? You should. Go ahead. Uh, all I really know is that A520 boards, so budget boards, are coming. Uh, they're not coming until August, I believe, right? Uh, so in a couple months, we're going to have 500 series budget boards. We'll see how budget they are. Are they going to have PCIe 4.0? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't
0: think they do. Right. I don't think they, it'd be hard at that price range, but, and you know, it it probably doesn't make a lot of sense. No,
1: No.
0: I, I mean, it'll have it to. I mean, I almost kind of wonder if it's sort of like how 550 is because you still have, it's built into the IO die on the CPU. So the, I imagine the board vendors would support it for the GPU and then you sort of have the leftover by four
3: um PCIe so they could potentially do the SST and uh, it it would cost so much money. I would, I would Yeah. That's a very price sensitive segment.
1: It is. Yeah. I'm I'm actually a little nervous about the fact that the B550 and the X570 boards have been so much more expensive that the A line also is going to see a jump of like anywhere from ten to thirty dollars, which is huge in the budget range. That would be quite a bit of a jump.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily from technology implementation costs or whether it's just profit taking because Probably motherboard ma- of both motherboard makers gotta eat too, right? So I, and they're cutting tell- margins. Yeah, they're cut. To- they really make no money on these products, and people, you know
3: you're getting a lot of value for it so i can see them increasing prices so i just i'm confused by amd's motherboard strategy in general this time around because now when about the time a year later after the ryzen launch uh we're only just now today seeing b550 that also launched today which is great you know i'm glad to see it finally here it would have been better you know eight months ago or whatever these these things launched uh and they're just now announcing these budget motherboard chipsets a 520 and that's still not coming for two more months so and if zen three is still on track for this year hopefully confidently stated uh that means we're going to have the next gen right after that and it's just the, the the release schedule for these motherboards are really weird to me this time
1: it's weird, but I do wonder how much of the pandemic plays into it because just in general, a lot of the vendors that I spoke with at CES, a lot of those things just got pushed and yep. they kept getting pushed and nobody really had a firm window even that they could give me. So I, I would be inclined to give AMD a little bit of a pass on this like weird fudginess, you know, Yeah, just because supply chains are all messed up right now.
0: Yeah. And I do think, though, that five series is really aimed. I mean, it'll work with, you know, for, you know, three thousands, but it's it's definitely as I'm going to guess a, a budget next gen. conscious next gen. It's for the next gen of parts and those won't arrive till, you know, later. So mm-hmm. they're announcing it now. So um, probably some people that they want to think ahead and they want to buy now to upgrade later. But I, I would think yep. it's the timing isn't too horrible on that. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And at least it's,
0: it is a little weird though, because I, it will, you know, and again, this is, I understand everybody's happy. They supported backwards CPUs. They have been to the community, but it will create some headaches for people who have, you know, older chipsets. And it, I, it does create a mess. So especially with the popularity of AMD now, I, I do think it's, sometimes it is better just make a cleaner break with the chipset and CPU. So there's less confusion.
3: Yeah, but it is a compromise, like we were talking about when they, it all happened. It really is a compromise in every sense of the word that requires compromises from both ends for it to happen. So, but if you buy A520 or B550, you don't have to worry about it.
0: Cool. Do we have any questions on this topic? Or you want to go to the next one, Adam? Although uh, we should reiterate, or I'm going to reiterate this. This is breaking news. You're watching the stream. I want to make clear. I can confidently say Zen 3 is still on schedule, apparently. So rumors that Zen 3 is pushed into 2021, reported, and then widely re-reported and talked about, you know why nerds my hands are so chafed? Because I'm always rubbing them because I'm so worried. Apparently, no, those rumors are incorrect. Right? You think about it. Like people are like, you look at those videos, you see my hands. It looks like I have mechanics or farmer's hands, right? It's because I'm always <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, no. That just specializes all the videos we've ever done. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm so worried now. That's me. Because, oh, not going to happen.
2: Oh, my God. That's great.
0: And that's why we don't. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, the ray tracing is too much. It's too much. Uh, oh
3: <laughs> And that's why we don't report on rumors that often. <laughs> but that being said. We're going to talk about a rumor for our next topic.
0: Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah. I,
2: so I, I looked or I read uh, WCCF Tech had a, an article about this NVIDIA coprocessor. Uh, so it, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it seems like it could be uh, on the same card, like a coprocessor on the same card f- featuring the RTX cores, but then also it could be a standalone add on card.
3: Uh, well, before we get into this, uh, I'm going to do my standard thing. These are very much rumors take them with a grain of salt. Uh, this particular rumor comes from a video by a, psych, a channel called Cortex, which apparently has had some success in the past, but it's not widely known for breaking graphics card news. So take it with a big old uh, Donnie Brasco punch assault, more than a pinch of salt. But it does make it some sense, so we're going to talk about it because it's interesting. Uh, so yeah, exactly what Adam was saying. The rumor is that the next-gen GeForce cards will have a separate... It's good. The rumor calls it a transversal processor, uh, a separate chip on the back side of the graphics card's PCB. So, on the opposite side of the PCB from the uh, GPU, that handles ray tracing tasks specifically, or at least helps with some of them. The idea being taking some of that workload off of the actual GPU die and putting it on its own chip so you can dedicate more space to rendering cores and stuff like that, would be my assumption uh and having you know those complex ray tracing tasks handled by the second transversal coprocessor is what it says and if that happens uh it could theoretically be used in a physics style card too so like an add in card so you could add ray tracing capabilities to like your old ten eighty possibly ten eighty ti, you know what I mean? So you'd have your ten eighty ti slip in this transversal coprocessor, adding I mean, it. It's still a good card. card, right? Yeah, it's a great card. Uh, so yeah, that's the rumor. Uh, it makes a little sense because NVIDIA did patent something about a transversal core processor That's where this, uh, Cortex got the name from in 2018. And it specifically talks about putting some of the math tasks for ray tracing off on this other processor. Uh, and it's also interesting because that big, uh, the design the cooler, early stage cooler for the three, 3080, 3090, whatever, apparently leaked last week. Uh, apparently, it's one of many early designs being tested, from what I can tell. I was out last week, so I was rushing to catch up on this stuff. Uh, but that one had fans on both sides and a big, weird, you know, dual sided uh, heat sink. He yeah. Yeah. Uh, which. Would make a little bit of sense if you know you had chips on both sides of the PCB that needed cooling. So it's interesting rumor. Figure we'd talk about it here. Uh, there's not enough there. I wouldn't cover it on PCWorld.com, but hey, that's why we just shoot around and you know talk here. Yeah, but you know, I'm worried
0: about this, Brad. I'm like, oh my god, am I going to be able to afford this? Uh, that's all right. You it don't pay sense,
3: attention
2: now. to rumors, internet. Yeah, uh, that's Brad's sense, hands no. are so beautiful. You know, Gordon's are just so messed up. Man, I'm, I'm not- always,
0: I'm always. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Yeah. If you if you see any of the videos with this close up of my hands you will understand. Do you so is it I'm is it going to be so it'll be on the board though but do you think it could potentially be a, a coprocessor
3: card in a PCIe, adjoining PCIe? That's what the WCCF tech article says. Uh speculating on that, you know, the fact that it could also be introduced in that form so the 30 series chips, yeah, 30 series chips uh or graphics cards would have these chips already in there. But then if you wanted to upgrade an older chip to ray tracing capable, uh you could slip this physics style adding card in, which we'll see if that happens, because I think NVIDIA would very much want you just to buy a 30 series chip. Uh And... Physics really didn't do so well. So, I mean, it did all right, but I don't think that would be a big sell in the modern era. So, I couldn't see NVIDIA potentially launch that, but it is possible. We'll see. I think they would just want you buying 30 series cards. So, I'm more, more, much more skeptical about that part than I am about the idea that there might possibly be a transversal coprocessor on the 30 series itself.
0: So, for people who don't know, old timers, at one point there was a uh, Physics. P-H-Y-S-X. It was a a standalone company. They made a a card to accelerate physics in game physics. Um, They actually had a few implementations of it in the 19, either, yeah, I guess it was the 2000s. Oh, my God, that's a long time ago. It was spectacular. It it was actually really cool. Yeah. In the two games that ever used it, and nobody ever used it. Uh, Eventually, what happened is uh, NVIDIA bought them, and they they basically killed the uh, discrete the separate accelerator card rolled the technology into, you know, into the GPU. Uh, physics is now basically a relic of the his of, of a PCs of the past. But uh, that
3: was probably the last time I think we saw sort of a, a co processor for gaming. Yeah, and that's why I'm skeptical about that part more specifically because, like you said, they took physics. If you go look in the NVIDIA control panel, you'll still find a listing for that. They rolled it right into the GPU's capabilities. In this case, they would be splitting out ray tracing into a separate board and pulling that after it's already, you know, part of the GPU's capabilities, and that just doesn't seem right to me. Uh that said, if there is, they do separate out ray tracing onto a separate die and use this transversal coprocessor. That would open up a lot more room for them to spend on shading cores and you know everything else uh, in the actual chip itself for traditional rendering. So could get real interesting. If this winds up being the case, I mean I was already optimistic about how much of a performance sleep the 30 series will be. Uh, if this winds up being the technical implementation, which again, take it with a big old punch of salt. But if something like this winds up being the case, it could be even bigger than I thought it would be because they would have that much extra die space to spend on rendering and whatnot.
0: Yeah, it does feel like this, if they actually have specific as specific ESIC just to accelerate ray tracing, they could... They could really just run away with it. I mean, I don't. It feels like they would be really far ahead of people. At Mm -hmm. the same time, it's just like, I mean, I made some guesses on the cost of the whenever the thirty series Ah. cards. I'm like, take whatever I said before and add two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars on it because that ain't going to be cheap. That's just like,
3: like I was watching yeah. a video last night from Jay, Jay's two cents, and uh, he was, you know, co- commenting on these rumors as well and the cooler designs and stuff. And he's like, "If this is all true, like expect that 3090 to cost two thousand, the uh, 3080 <laughs> super to cost fifteen hundred, and the 3080 yeah, to cost 1000 that cheap." Yeah, so. <laughs> I was saying
0: like, "Oh my god, this is going to be, it'll be, it'll be so expensive that uh, like people are just, but." You know, it's interesting because if you sell it, it's, I sort of see like that sort of, that does feed the co-processor card idea because it's like, yeah, you know what? You're Bill Gates. Hey, give me two 3080 Ti's. No problem. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody with a 2080 or, you know, a 2080 Ti and you want a big boost, but you don't want to you know plunk down 1500 yeah. bucks for a new gen card we'll say the co processor for 500, dollars right? Yeah.
1: Do I mean you're interesting. Would, do you think it would be that low though? Because so I'm I, I think been, I think it would be lower. You think so cuz I've been sitting here listening to you guys kind of go back and forth thinking about the price the whole time and I kind of think that Nvidia would put itself kind of box itself into a corner if it went too high in the pricing, because that was the biggest complaint last generation. I mean, obviously if they come through with an enormous leap in performance, maybe they could get away with raising the prices, but I still think they're starting to tread on ground where people are like, eh, I don't know. So they go that direction. Yeah, sure. Separate card. They could charge, as you said, $500, $600, whatever. And people will still say, okay, well, it's still cheaper than buying a new card. But if they go the more traditional route where they try to keep the prices down, then that gets really weird for a separate card because like how how are they going to price it in a way that doesn't undercut new sales, as Brad was saying, but uh, still makes it, you know, appealing to people? Like it's, it's that weird thing where it's like, well, you want to price just high enough so people don't all flock to it, but you don't want to price it so high that people are like, well, why buy it? it's going to buy nothing and wait for the next generation so i just i i just really think it all comes down to pricing and how they the strategy they take before we can really
3: if it's even remotely true yeah Yeah.
2: Yeah. exactly or maybe because you know the
0: gamers zen three is pushed into 2021 (laughs) (laughs) what am i gonna do no but so i i think elena you have a really good sorry elena you have a really good point because i think like yeah do you really want to like hurt 3070 and 3060 sales, you know, whenever they come out? If they do, right? If
3: you know, it just seems mm. like well, it depends on how they would sell it again. If this is all true, because the part that I'm more skeptical about, skeptical about all this is the idea of bouncing, you know, these instructions back and forth between two different chips, and you know, you're trying to do. With a 3080, let's say 200 frames per second at 1440p, bouncing, you know, that between two different chips. There's a reason multi-chip setups are not popular anymore, because that introduces all kinds of complexities and stuff. Uh, and if you split that off into an actual other card that has to go through PCIe interface and back and communicate it and stuff, I mean, they could... They could Put this out and say, Hey, if you just want to upgrade your 2080 to this higher ray tracing performance, you can buy this card for 300 bucks. but it's not going to be as good as this other card because it has to go through PSAT. Like they could still put it out for people who want it, and there could be people who buy it, but they'd be like, But really, you really want a 3080
2: or whatever. Unless it's just for computational tasks, then the, the latency isn't, isn't as big of a deal, you know, because it's just doing mm. rendering. So, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: could they? Could they also, instead of using PCIe, um, use uh, the SLI still, thing? Yeah, NVLink it, is. NV-Link. I forget yeah. what it's called these days, but yeah, NVLink. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, could potentially solve the latency mm-hmm. because they already use those in you know, you know,
3: data centers to to reduce yep. the slow PCIe performance. So I think I think it would be harder for generating ray traced graphics in real time because that talking between two different chips is a big task if you're talking about faster than 60 frames per second so we'll have to see i don't know this is a really interesting rumor that's the reason we want to talk about it because it made, it has all kinds of interesting implications if it's potentially true so <laughs> well you know here's the other crazy thing and i'm
0: absolutely sure it will not happen but <laughs> if it is if it is true that there is a separate coprocessor from nvidia for ray tracing for some of the math Could that be used with uh, Intel discrete graphics or AMD discrete graphics?
3: I'm sure it technically could, but (laughs) NVIDIA would not unlock that. (laughs) Yeah. No way. Uh, The other thing that's interesting about this to me is it opens up the possibility of The ray tracing cores being kept on an older, they don't have to be necessarily seven nanometer design. They don't have to move forward like the rest of the rendering cores and stuff. So this could be a way for NVIDIA to achieve cost savings on a cutting edge process as well. If they're like, oh, you know, if we just have a bigger 14 nanometer ray tracing chip that's separate from our cutting edge seven nanometer chip could be a way for cost savings. So this is super interesting all around. I'm really intrigued to see what the 30 series winds up looking like. Huh. That's a really good point, though, right? And yeah, I you know
0: that's why you know rumors and speculation are fun to talk about, but again, don't don't put any stock in it. Don't put any yeah. stock in it. Yeah. I know everybody wants to go crazy with it and wring their hands because it was due. <laughs> I do. That's how you. I can't wait. It's in. gonna be a.
3: It's gonna be a fun fall. I mean, if Zen Three comes out, if this comes out, uh, you know, big Navi's coming out. Uh, it's been a really kind of weird, slow summer for us, although also weirdly busy, but this fall is going to be a freaking monster. I think it's going to be great. Like I I put, I put, I was on vacation last week, but I actually published an article that I wrote before I went, uh, don't buy a high end graphics card right now. If you can help it, this is like the one time ever, like you always hear me say, you know, buy stuff when you need it. Uh, but if you think you need a high-end graphics card right now, and you're not building new, and you can wait a month or two, wait a month or two, because rumors are putting these things at like August, September, October, and yeah. there's a good chance you'll end up with buyers remorse if you buy an yeah. $800 2080 super right now.
1: I was uh, I was actually talking to a friend. She and her husband are like so pumped for cyberpunk 2077 (laughs) they're like we're gonna buy new cards and i was like hold up let me send you an article that my coworker just. (laughs) you might want you might want to rethink your strategy a little
3: that's why when is that september September. i think that comes out in september yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the nvidia announcement is before that and tied into that because that's going to be like you just said uh, a game that moves a lot of graphics cards Mm -hmm.
2: A twenty eighty or yeah, twenty eighty Ti with the cyberpunk logo on it and stuff. Oh, oh it's pretty was beautiful. Um well speaking of things that are coming out this fall and that are gonna be an absolute monster. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the PS
0: five design, right? <laughs> uh well Elena, hot take now. PS five <laughs> beautiful or ugly?
2: She put in her pre order already.
1: No, I did not. <laughs> no,
0: she um
1: didn't. I I don't like it. I don't like it, and I I think it's I think working with PCs for you know a while now is starting to show because it was really interesting listening to like former colleagues talk about how um, amazing the design looked and how like. They loved that it was wild and different, and my first thought was just, how am I supposed to put that horizontal? Like, how, how is that going to balance properly and fit inside my media center? It's just so impractical.
0: Isn't that being way too... That's Yeah, that's being way too practical, though, isn't it? That's just... But
1: I mean, like, so here's the thing. Like, they were calling the Series X design boring, and I actually really like that one, even though it's yeah, pretty too. much vertical only. and. Uh, We've seen a similar design, the NZXT uh, H1, you know, that kind of really small, square tower uh, Mm -hmm. kind of look. It's still more practical. It doesn't... (laughs) It looks good. Like, I just... I, I just... I don't know. if We're talking about aesthetics. The thing's supposed to be based on, based on like the height of the or the width of the disk uh, drive, and then like the USB ports. They did like a uh, people kind of did a composite where they they put it up against other consoles, and I think even was like a PC was in there maybe. And that thing is huge. It's supposed to like they they're estimating that it's like 15 inches or more in height. Like
2: it's, gonna it gonna it's gonna going be to be tall. Where's
1: that going to fit? It's going to be tall. It's just who
2: well
0: you know it's much bigger than my head yeah i actually believe it or not. i actually like how it looks um
1: but you're not gonna buy one
0: well i'm not gonna buy one but honestly when i look at the xbox what is it again series x series x series x and i look at the new ps5 i mean the ps5 it's like a prius now, I know everybody looks at Prius now, and you accept that it's part of, like, oh, you know, people like the way they look. When the original Prius first came out, it, it was like, like what echo. the hell is this thing? It, it looks, looks like, like some kind of, like, electric car from a, from a Woody Allen movie, right? It's just, like, it made no sense. It was just this thing is just plain butt ugly.
1: Wait, wait, and wait, I, wait, wait. wait. Wait, are we talking about the first generation of Priuses that looked more like a Toyota Echo? Or are we talking about the second generation where it got weird looking?
0: Well, they were all weird looking, if you ask me. Because yeah. Echo is not exactly a pretty car. Especially the
2: Prius Prime, too. Yeah. You know,
0: but but John Phillips, our boss, explained it to me. It's like, you know, they did that on purpose because it's, it's you know, it's a hybrid. It's the world's first hybrid. We want to be different. We want to stand out. We want to be different. So that's why they made it so, you know weird and wacky looking and now people just accept that's just sort of like all hybrids kind of look a little weird because yeah. that's, but that's a hybrid. That's
3: the world's first hybrid versus the world's fifth PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I love
0: the NZXC case. It's beautiful. That thing is just and it's awesome to build in but it's not exactly a new shape or form factor and, and for the Xbox Series 1 next to the PS5 one goes like wow this would look cool sitting outside of my entertainment center because I have a PS5. The other one looks like
3: my air purifier sitting next to my, you know, right? I get that. And I bet they're going to, you know, all their accessories. It looks like the PSVR already. So they're obviously leading into that. But I I find it interesting. You guys are talking about the NZXT case. Because when I saw the PlayStation 5, it reminded me of the old NZXT. I think it was Phantom 410 case that I had that looked like a Stormtrooper. I called it the Stormtrooper case. And I love that as a PC case because it was by myself, you know, on my desk, under my desk, whatever. Uh, And I love the design. In a vacuum, it's weird, but I think I can kind of groove on the PlayStation 5 design. But it's just going to be so out of place in your standard home theater cabinet. It's just going to stick out like a sore thumb. Most people aren't going to have this on a pedestal by itself sitting there kind of a deal. And that's – I can't get behind it. I'd I'd much prefer the look of the Series X because it – does just fit into your living room to me your entertainment devices in your living room shouldn't be the showpiece and i think that's what they're trying to do with this and i don't really like it mm. yeah i mean definitely it's a
0: different prop i just series one is in a living room it really it really does look like an air purifier doesn't it i mean the, <laughs> a router. The
1: playstation 5 looks like a router so <laughs> there was a there were so many memes floating around twitter where people would just like put a piece of paper or two <laughs> pieces of paper up against their router
0: yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, because I, I look at the PS5, and I'm not going to be a hater and say PC did it already. But if you look at the micro tower. kind of did. There is a, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there was a micro tower. Uh, it was probably big about six years ago. Everybody was doing it. Alienware did a little one. Falcon has one digital storm. They just sort of had these, like, you know, console size, you know, micro towers, <laughs> mini ITX with the Steam machines. Mark. And the same Machine too, of course that yeah. went nowhere. But mm-hmm. you had these micro towers that looked very much like a PS5, and I always thought they it was a great, it was a great form factor because you know it's slim. You could put it next to your media center, or you could lay it on its side if you wanted to. Um, but you know, most of the time, it was a, it was a really cool form factor. So I'm like, you know, I I kind of like it. I'm I don't know. I I think the Series One X is the hardware is awesome, but now I'm kind of like it does feel pretty sedate next to that. Your radical PS5 to me. I mean, That's
2: crazy. Honestly, I, I, I like it because it looks like the, uh, um, the thing from 2001, the big uh, like, <laughs> the like, monolith. Monolith, yes, yes. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, look at that power. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of. I, mean,
3: I you know really like I really like to look at the PlayStation 5 controllers though. Like, I'm I'm not so big of a fan of the tower design itself, but those controllers that are designed to look like it, I think those things look awesome. They look like boomerangs that a cyborg would use.
1: They look cool, but I, I worry that they're not going to feel good. In the yeah,
3: brand. I 100% agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's funny that we're spending so much time talking about aesthetics, and I think, I mean, for obviously most people who are tuning in did not watch this live stream, I'm sure, just because it's, you know, it was just mostly about games. Um, a lot of them are supposed to be exclusive to the PlayStation 5. Uh, or at least you know, just, console exclusive. Or at least, yeah, at least starting as a console exclusive, and they just, re- they just said so little about the hardware, and I, I don't get that, because honestly, E3 time is when you usually would start pumping up everybody to get on board, and they didn't talk yep. about price. So they didn't talk about hardware, and they didn't talk about price, and I, I just find that I don't know if that's because of the pandemic, or if that's just like their new playbook, but to me, it's weird that we we don't know how much they're going to try to sell the disk version, the all-digital version for. Um, and we don't know. It's almost like each company is waiting for the other to blink.
3: Yeah, 100%. They're going to sell for a lot. That's the reason there is a discless version, be my guess. Because yeah. if the PlayStation 5 with the disc is 600 bucks, the conversational shift from, why would you ever spend 550 bucks on the disk version, just spend the extra 50 and get a PlayStation 5, as opposed to... What the hell? The PlayStation Five is six hundred dollars. So it shifts the conversation like that upselling strategy that marketers use. I have a feeling that's gonna wind up being the case with that. And I still think the Xbox Series X is gonna be seven hundred dollars more. I don't
1: <laughs> I I don't
3: I'm hmm. gonna go with be- seven hundred bucks.
1: I feel like in at least the rumors and the, what people are pulling speculation-wise out of what Phil Spencer has been saying in interviews is that Microsoft seems willing to take a loss on the hardware like they did in previous generations. I mean, they're a
2: service company now.
3: There so, is so much new stuff in those. Like, this is very different from previous consoles. Like, previous consoles, is. they had the Jaguar cores and, like, a mid-range GPU equivalent. This is all, like, new, awesome stuff. 700 bucks to me, I'm like... If this costs seven hundred bucks, that's actually a pretty good deal for seven hundred bucks compared to what PC. I
1: disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree, but I do think that there's unless they have something to fill in the a more middle tier. Well,
3: Xbox Series uh, S. It's if coming. they do
1: if they do the I think it's what's it called? Leghorn, I forgot the name of the Lockhart. game for Lockhart, thank you. Um if they do that then I could see them going above six hundred dollars. But if they don't, man, that would just be another bullet in the foot move.
3: I think Lockhart much. will be slower internals, discless, and sell for $50 less than whatever the cheapest PlayStation 5 sells for. And I think the Xbox Series X will be 700 bucks.
1: I agree with you on everything except for <sighs> being discless. Because I think yeah. the S and the X have always been positioned as a... Like, okay, so if you, you have a budget, we're still going to give you the features, but we're just going to mm-hmm. strip it down some. I can't imagine them going full diskless on even mm-hmm. a more budget version of the the, the series-type machines.
3: Uh, I think they'll go diskless and You Game Pass for three months free to make up for it. Because they're so going to have xCloud going on at the same time, too. So I think the they're going to use Pass, that to push yeah. xCloud and Game Pass. They don't want you buying disks anymore.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. So here's, <laughs> so here's the thing, like... When, when we did the transition from Xbox 360 to Xbox One, one of the biggest reasons why they lost so many people... I
3: remember. <laughs>
1: ...is because they were basically like, F you, rural America, with your crappy internet. <laughs> and so many. If you're people, on a
3: nuclear submarine, continue yeah. to buy the Xbox 360. Yeah, that was... <laughs> so, it's, so I,
1: I think Phil Spencer is way more cognizant of all the different subpopulations within the gaming mm. space, and I, I can't imagine, h- under his watch them doing anything that would kind of even remotely hint at that same middle finger to the people who just can't download 60 gigabytes to play a game or a patch. I'm
0: on the opposite of that. I always thought Microsoft should have stuck with online only. Me too. And I think that they should have kept connect support. I think that was, they buckled to community pressure. And I, I think it was an awesome feature that developers would only support if everybody had it. And once they took it, made it an option, it like people are like, oh, not going to put any effort into this, right? So, also, and the also, online
3: only, come on, who isn't? Who isn't? The ironic thing is, even single-player games pretty much require an online connection these days. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> all the patches,
2: man. Patches I mean, honestly, I, so I, th- I think it, 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 at the end of the day, they they should have or they could have stuck with it and would have been fine. I think it was who was saying it too. Uh, Phil Spencer is is way way more of a, a down to earth chill guy than the guy before him. Yep. I can't remember his name, but like Don he Patrick. was, yeah, he was just a douche. Like I'm sorry, he the way <laughs> and the way he said he went up there and said it, and just like I uh, I I didn't like anything that came out of the guy's mouth.
0: <laughs> That's right,
1: the yeah.
3: first E3 I went to for PC World actually
1: so i don't disagree with you gordon actually i thought that their vision their original vision was kind of cool like trying to wrestle everybody into online the online gaming space so to speak but they they botched their message so badly there were a lot of cool features they had that was tied to the oh, is on thing mm-hmm. but they didn't market it well at all so like the whole like you could share games with i think it was up to 10 people things like that that you couldn't do before those are great features But everyone focused in on the always on, always watching thing. (laughs) That it just completely nuked any public, widespread public support for it.
0: Well, how much of that was press reaction versus um, actual consumer reaction? Consumer consumer reaction.
1: Yeah, Yeah. the press was actually a little bit more positive than the consumer reaction.
3: Yeah, yeah. I did a post about back then. I think about how they should have stuck with it. But when Sony went up and announced four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. and no online requirements that day you should have heard like back then e3 wasn't open to the public it was also an industry event and that cheer went through that entire convention center man you should have heard it
1: i was there (laughs) i was there that year too
3: yeah i wonder
1: just like
0: (laughs) do you think that was something sony changed after they saw how angry people were yes
1: yes so we we think uh i mean there's no confirmation I, i mean i I don't have the confirmation of it, but we were pretty sure that because their presser was later in the day, they saw that, they started seeing like the rumblings online of that and basically Sony of America told Sony of Japan, like, you need to let us run with this. Like, you need to let us change the the playbook on the fly and we will come out on top. And the surprising thing to us was that Sony, like Japanese companies are very regimented, right? Like they have very, at least back then, they had very clear playbooks. They follow things and usually the, um, the company's offshoots in other countries would follow what Japan put forth, and we were shocked by that because it was very clear that it was the uh, American company that was like, "No, like, let us let us take point on this and change it up because we will come out ahead for with it."
3: And that's why I think we haven't heard pricing from either company yet.
1: Mm-hmm. It's going to be the, the same thing.
3: thing. Yep. Yeah, you know, and it really
0: does. I mean, if you want to step back too and you look at it. It just shows you how these companies are always constantly jockeying. The fact that Sony saw...
3: Oops, my camera just... It reminds me of what we were talking about earlier with the Ryzen chips. It's, this is the same kind of thing. They're like, oh, we can do a little bit better. We can jockey it. It costs a little bit more. its It was the same thing with the consoles seven years ago. Sorry, I'm trying to get my... Can Gordon's you hear me? frozen
2: in time. He we can shows. hear you and we can see
3: the side of your face. Yeah. It's
1: very close up, right? It's a good thing you aren't iPhone.
3: trying to use your Xbox on a nuclear submarine right yeah. now. <laughs> Wait, I'm
0: going to switch to my depth camera and see if that unfreezes it.
3: While you do that,
0: oh,
2: wow. Listen. That's cool. <laughs> oh, we're seeing Gordon's true form.
0: <laughs> like the Terminator like T-100 or whatever episode.
3: it was. 1,000. Yeah, there we,
0: we
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm using
0: a a very old camera that actually has IR an IR sensor. The the predator mode. But no, I I just yeah, so like like you said Brad, I I think it's just could you imagine like Intel seeing this opening some of the the groans by people saying there's no cooler and saying, "Hey, we're going to have a 10900K edition with a box cooler," you know? And you know, mm-hmm. when I just like how Consumers may not appreciate but I like how the companies try to punch each other and take advantage of, of the opportunities. So
3: yeah. you got appreciation's good. Competition's good.
1: It's <laughs> also really different in this era where they can get immediate feedback from consumers on Reddit, on Twitter, Facebook, all of it.
0: Sometimes though it's you can't I mean I but again, sometimes you you have to listen to the community, but you can't also let the community steer you into the wrong decisions.
3: Because everybody yeah,
0: okay. says this, and then when you actually come out to that with that product to sell, all those people are like all those people that were making that noise—they ain't there. Also, and the community is always going
2: to steer you down in price. Of course. <laughs> some, some in the community will. What, some people think, can a, wait, hold appreciate. On, hold on. You think some people in the community is going to ask for higher prices?
0: I can look. <laughs> the new 30 series NVIDIA card. You want it to be the, more expensive
1: he wants it to
0: be $2000. No, look, I I think I think I was predicting 12 or 15, I forgot what it was for the 3090 Super TI whatever it is. If it really has does have a coprocessor that just takes it like out of this world in ray tracing performance and they're asking $1700 for it, I oof.
3: <laughs> well, Yeah, I know that's saying
0: like saying you oh my god, that is
2: that it's higher is different than saying you want it to be higher.
0: I I want companies to go for the gold. I want them to like just to, to stretch the technological advances. If we don't have people pushing core count, you know, we don't have them pushing, you know, ray tracing. If we don't have them pushing all these things. What do you end up with? You basically end up with a bunch of you know, hundred and twenty dollars GPs that are and GPs that everybody buys. You you have to have the high end drive this. It's like Formula One is all about electric cars now because they want all that money to be spent on R and D for electric cars. So it then filters down to where you're driving electric car, you know, for yourself, if you're into electric cars. So I, I just think, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And I would not, I would not, I would not crap. I would not, I would not wring my hands for three months over a 3090 TI costing $1,700. If we're talking like it justifies function it. increase, yeah. if it justifies it, if it doesn't yeah. no. But if it does, like, oh my god, this is like, yeah, this clearly is them demonstrating we are so far ahead of everybody. You're not even close. Yeah, sure, I totally. You agree. know, like, it's like Intel. They came out with the ten core CPU because what do we look? We, what do we have? We have like ourselves and ourselves to fight. We're going to do ten cores. It'll be seventeen hundred dollars, right? Because seventeen twenty three. Because at <laughs> the time.
3: You know, but or it didn't did really justify itself, but it just yeah, I mean look at, you know get Ryzen you look at Ryzen the uh thirty nine fifty X. It's right. you know no one had ever charged seven hundred and fifty dollars, I think, for a mainstream socket processor before, but right. no one had ever made a sixteen core processor. It's just them doing a victory lap. Right, or, or like if right? NVIDIA. If Nvidia is able to do that but still deliver perform price and performance value everything increases for all the other price points as well I would love to see just a ridiculous two thousand dollar graphics card that's just is like twice as fast as whatever you can imagine right I mean so again i I can't I can't
0: criticize it necessarily mm-hmm. but I do think yes everybody will mean oh my god mm. <sighs> I, I
2: think I think it is kind of funny though I've noticed over time all the rumors and speculation and you know just people talking online about console pricing it's moved from eh, it'll probably be 500 to <laughs> ah, it'll probably be 600 now it's like i ah, it'll probably be 700 i i almost think that's what they want because it's going to keep shifting up and then when it comes out it's going to be less jarring uh like a, you know as as people just like keep keep feeding on it cuz now that we're talking about like oh it could be 700 now we look back at 600 to be like oh well that would be a good deal you know, And they're and like, oh sweet, that's where we want them. I not going to
1: say that. <laughs> well, it, Brad it said is... that.
2: Brad said, mm. oh, if it comes out with this hardware, it's going to be a good deal at $700. we are PC people.
3: <laughs> we understand what's going on in here. Yeah.
1: Uh, don't I think at $600. People really will see anything more than the price. Um, although it is funny because I saw somebody in the chat mentioned the whole like, you know, Sony got raked over the coals for launching the PlayStation 3 at $600. But that was like, what, 2007? Five, two two thousand. That was a long yeah. time ago. Six hundred dollars then. or seven, yeah. Six hundred dollars then is probably closer to like eight or nine hundred dollars now with inflation. Yep. I haven't done the actual inflation calculator thing, but that's yeah. It's definitely not the same.
2: It, and once again, <laughs> it was also the messaging. The fact that he's like, you're gonna want to get a
0: second job yeah. for this. Yeah. like it's like, yep. come on, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> now I'm yeah, buying and- an Xbox 360. <laughs> I don't think a PS3 was significantly like oh mind-blowing in graphics Dude, had their cell and processor it nobody else the, had that
2: cell processor man it was, really was going to be in fridges drive. yeah the that blu-ray.
1: was really the selling point because i, I had like friends who are home theater nuts that were like i'm buying one because that's the cheapest blu-ray uh, player that you can get right and now," and one of the better
2: ones too Thanks. i mean it, it loaded really fast compared to some of those standalone ones
1: yeah
0: Oh my god. Those original Blu-ray and HD DVD players, god, they were just... they
2: took forever.
0: So, I was I actually had a I don't remember who made it, but it was an HD DVD deck and you opened the thing up. It was basically a PC. I mean, literally it was PC parts. It was an Intel CPU. You booted it and it was just like it was crazy because that's, you know, and you think you're not going to be able to sell an entire PC for with new optical drive technology for hundred dollars right it was several hundred dollars and it was like because you're buying basically a PC Yeah.
1: so um, someone in chat just brought up something mr. pips on YouTube said $600 is a cheap cell phone now and I think that's a great point so like I think the one the one clever way around this and I think you guys talked about this last week uh, you and Keith Gordon um, about how if you do it as a payment plan you might be able to sneak it by people much and make it much more palatable for them to swallow because they're so used to that now with, like, what, Samsung Galaxy S phones are already, like, $1,200. More than and that, then you And then yeah. you pay, like, $40 a month for the phone and you don't think about it anymore, right?
3: And Microsoft started doing that two or three years ago with the Xbox Series X, at least. I think they might have done it, it for like, the yeah, S as well. Like
1: two years ago, yeah.
3: Yeah, so I think I that might be paving that road for exactly that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, what What if they get up there and they don't say, uh, say it comes out at 600 but instead of saying, and the Xbox Series X is going to be $600, they are like, and the Xbox Series X is only going to be five payments of a low price of they $100. They might do you know, that, honestly. <laughs> of $100. That's what and Apple does. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah.
3: That's what Apple does for iPhones. They go, and this is only $40 a month or whatever. Yeah. And they then they you have to go look for way. the fine print.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we should probably move on. Uh, yeah. we, we got we got some questions built up. Uh, you can get your questions in uh, on the folder Discord. There's a link to it in the description. You can put it in the, a question channel that we have in there, and uh, we'll get to it later on the show. So that's kind of the best place. Uh, I do have one stored up from YouTube chat, and uh, if you're going to put it in YouTube chat or in Twitch chat, at least uh, ping us or add us so that we can see it. Uh, VC Jester asked, um, with the new consoles rewriting how a hardware w- will be utilized. Is having the higher bandwidth of PCIe 4 be an important factor for future games?
3: I think it would play... I think you'll be fine with an SSD. I think we've, we've covered this before in another episode. I think if you have a standard SSD on a PC, you'll be fine. If you can afford an NVMe SSD, you'll be even better. Uh, I don't think you'll be required to have a PCIe 4 SSD on the PC. I mean, obviously, if you can afford it, good. Uh, That being said, I mean, the bigger boost is just going to be they're not going to have to program for hard drives anymore because the original consoles have 5,400 RPM hard drives, and that sucks. That's why loading time sucks. That's what they have to optimize around. So now they can just say, okay, now the PC base with their standard SATA SSDs, that's the lowest denominator. So that's what we can kind of plan around everybody having. So they're going to be planning around stuff like that. I don't think you'll be left behind if you don't have a PCIe 4 SSD.
1: Yeah. By the time we get there, like, today's hardware is going to be out of date.
0: Mm -hmm. And I do want to point out one good side effect of both Xbox and PlayStation being on PCIe 4 is maybe maybe we'll actually see game developers say, hey, you've got PCIe 4 to the GPU. We're actually going to use all of this extra you know, bandwidth to the GPU finally, right? Because it's not like the performance screen on horizon from CPU to PCIe 4 doesn't exist. It it does exist. It's not like it doesn't exist. But very few games actually take advantage of it, right? So maybe maybe we'll get to that point where developers are like, yeah, you've got this excessive, you know, performance Mm -hmm. to the GPU. We'll
3: use it. We'll see. Any, any of these changes are going to take years to see. Anytime yeah. you start seeing stuff like this, it takes a while. So, again, we're talking maybe two or three years in the future, we'll start to see some big shifts. So don't, don't worry about it, especially in the short term.
2: So uh, I asked this uh, at the last episode, but obviously it was just me, and Gordon, and Keith. Uh, so I wanted to ask again for Elena and Brad. Ziv had asked, um, I'd love to know what everyone's daily driver computer systems are. <laughs> After you.
1: Oh, me first. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually I'm, I bounce between my twenty five hundred K and my forty seven ninety K systems. Um, I'm pro- I'm actually in the process of trying to fully migrate to my Devil's Canyon PC, so I can gift the twenty five hundred K to a relative. But uh, man, data transfer is the worst. It just I always drag my feet on it because it's like oh I'm gonna I'm probably gonna forget something, uh, like. Ugh, it just takes so much time,
0: yeah, it's yeah. a pain i I almost wish there was a way, oh wait, sorry, go ahead, you doing I can wait story. till you're done. no, you can... No, I was saying I wish there was a way for like moving. you could just take your entire p c and then make a virtual machine out of it and then store it on a big drive and so you can go back to it later, but yeah,
3: yeah, uh, with images and stuff you kinda can, but it's not really the same, yeah, uh, all right, so I Built a new PC a few years ago. I have an overclocked uh, Ryzen 7 1800X with a EK Water Blocks all in one cooler. I have a 2080 Ti in there right now, a Gigabyte Aorus 370 motherboard, uh, a Samsung 970 Pro or Evo, one of those, I forget, it's been a few years, uh, and various other just SSDs I brought over from other builds i just throw them all in there over the years uh in a Fantex case uh and for a laptop i have an acer uh what's that one that sells so much on amazon acer predator the thousand dollar one i don't know it's a thousand dollar acer predator it's like the most popular gaming amazon uh laptop on amazon i've reviewed it two or three times now and i always love the value proposition. so i got one for myself
1: helios uh, so that's,
3: that's yeah. the one he yeah. 300. It's a couple years old at this point. I think it has a 1060 in it. Uh, but that's my portable gaming laptop. So I have that in my desktop.
1: You're so much better about actually going through full specs, Brad. You're like, well, I have it part. under my
3: desk, so I was sitting here actually looking at each part as I went. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just like, I've got a Devil's Canyon PC. There's stuff in it.
3: <laughs> now I'm going to get yelled at because I just admitted that my it's under my desk. But my desk is full right now.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on, uh, r- uh, I don't know how to say this. Rattle Zen Zedno uh, just asked, "Will we need eight uh, eight core, sixteen thread CPUs for gaming soon?"
3: Not soon. You'll be fine. You'll be fine with like the three thousand three hundred X that just came out. That's four cores and eight threads. You'll be fine with that for a while. I mean. If you want to kind of be future-proof, I'd say maybe consider a Ryzen 5 or Core i5, you know, uh, six threads, twelve, six cores, 12 threads. But the consoles are just starting to catch up to PC. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Don't get a dual-core these days. Don't get a four-core, four-thread either. Make sure you have at least eight threads and you'll be good to go. Well, I wouldn't buy it new necessarily unless limited by budget, but
0: I think it's still quad-core with with SMT or hyper-threading are still Plenty, plenty serviceable. That's game. what I meant. Make sure you have at least eight threads, not necessarily oh. eight cores. Yeah, four threads is definitely getting pretty tight these days. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would think eight cores. I don't think yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon. It would be great. We're sort of it feels like we're going to get there in the next twenty four months, but
3: not there yet. You got to remember, all the consoles. Some of the talk about this is driven by the fact that consoles are finally moving to Ryzen. Uh, they're going to have eight cores, sixteen threads. But at least for the Xbox, I don't know offhand for the PlayStation. Uh, they're actually expect more games to have hyper threading disabled, so just running on the straight eight cores, so they can hit higher clock speeds. So that's eight threads. You'll be also, fine. didn't
2: they say one core was going to be dedicated to to OS? Uh, I, th- I thought I heard that as well. So <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm still coming back from vacation. So cool. yeah, sure. <laughs> No Another worries.
1: thing, too, is that everyone tries to compare hardware between consoles and PCs like it's one-for-one one and it's not because the development yeah. is so different.
0: Yeah. It's always going to cost more for a, a gaming PC because it's just open standards and flexibility and freedom. And when you have everything built by one company and they charge you what they want, it's it, it makes it a lot more efficient. It's not as friendly or free either, but.
2: Okay, uh, this one was asked a little bit ago from uh, old man Brian. Uh, He said, not sure Frank will come back, but during the episode he highlighted the seizing of CPU control and power by NVIDIA's GPU dynamic boost as opposed to SmartShift's sharing of wattage. So kind of the differences (laughs) between NVIDIA and AMD's approach. Uh, However, how would this work in the case of an AMD CPU plus an NVIDIA GPU combo? I assume the NVIDIA GPU will act like it does with the Intel chips and always draws power away from the CPU in all application scenarios, unless the AMD CPU can somehow deny dynamic boost from happening. Did he talk about that? I, I feel like he might I don't, have covered that.
3: He
0: covered some of it, but I don't think he got into the nitty gritty details. My, my guess is, is again, he did say that um, I'm going to screw this. SmartShift, right? SmartShift does Smart work shift, yeah. across, across the Infinity Fabric. The CPU and GPU talk to themselves with without talking to the operating system. It has no OS. So, essentially, that operates on its own. If you get rid of the Radeon and you're now back to more, and I think it would be a lot closer to what NVIDIA does with an Intel part, where they're able to, on DirectX, you know, decide, well, we're going to take more power for this game, right? So... I think it'll be a lot. He was. It it won't be like SmartShift.
3: Yeah, he was implying. Which, if you haven't watched that interview we did with uh, Frank Azor from AMD's uh, chief architect of gaming or something like that, something like that, uh, we did like a two, two and a half hour interview with him a couple weeks ago. You should go watch it because it was probably my favorite interview we've done. It was just full of interesting stuff.
2: Yeah, he's awesome. Uh,
3: But he was implying that one, AMD does have all those technological advantages about working through the Infinity Fabric and all its own hardware, etc. Uh, But he was also pointing out the fact that AMD is, you know, agnostic. They don't care if the CPU needs more, it's AMD. It doesn't care if the GPU needs more, it's AMD. They just want to give you more performance where it's necessary. Whereas NVIDIA wants the GeForce GPU to look better. And so they lean towards pulling energy for the GPU is what Frank was implying. Um, and he was implying that it would work the same for both AMD and Intel systems with that because that's just how the NVIDIA Dynamic Boost behaves. Uh I have a 2080 Super Laptop right now. I'm hoping to have time to test that a little bit, just maybe poke around there, see what happens. But yes, from what Frank was saying, it sounded to me like that's just how it works with NVIDIA parts. But I have not independently confirmed it yet. Right, and to be fair to NVIDIA,
0: yeah, they're always going to want more power for themselves. But yeah. When you're running a game, you generally want more graphics performance and you need more CPU performance, so that makes yep. sense. 100%. I would imagine this is the first iteration of Dynamic Booster seeing As we move along, they're going to get more intelligent about because they understand they don't want to make your CPU look terrible all the time, so they're going to go, if you're running a CPU task, it'll probably push more power that way,
3: but it's not and it's all very early. It came out at, like the new... Uh, Super GPUs and Intel 10th Gen for laptops came out the same day as part of like a big coordinated blitz between Nvidia and Intel. I think if Dynamic Boost was actually, you know, that aggressive and siphoning away stuff from the CPU, uh, in Intel would have been like, "Yo, what's going on here, guys?" So it might not be as aggressive as Frank was making it sound like. It might be. It needs more testing to find out. It's hard because there are so few SmartShift laptops, just the one. Yeah. We're expecting to get one to look at soon, so.
2: Oh, sweet. Uh, okay. Here's one uh, from Duke Newcomb. Duke Newcomb. Yeah, baby. Hail to the king. Uh, Out bubblegum. Yeah. He said, uh, I'm listening to the 2019 predictions and paper eating episode while I bake in the Arizona sun. I'm sorry. I don't miss those Arizona summers. Uh, do you think the initial shortage of RTX parts was due to NVIDIA taking huge numbers of cards to start building up for its later full release of GeForce Now?
3: Uh, no. <laughs>
1: <Gordon's> face.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I assume we're talking about RTX series. I yes. think it was just yeah. what they said. Like, Jensen said it publicly. Like, demand was less than we expected uh i think that's why we had shortages whenever there's a new graphics card with cutting edge stuff there's always shortages for the first few months it'll be the same with the 30 series uh so it just is what it is people those people who gordon were talking about who don't mind going out and spending up for the good stuff they go out and buy all the good stuff immediately they've been waiting for this yeah and
0: then clearly there was um a real issue with high-end cards i think 2080s and 2080 ti some people were having issues with them going bad it was quickly fixed but those issues are real so I'm sure that kind of screwed things up a little bit you add that to high demand when it first comes out it's it's gonna make it tight I yeah that's that's definitely uh that's definitely an internet rumor I'm sure that I can't imagine NVIDIA just sitting on parts for a year just to maybe make sell it later that
3: doesn't make
0: that much sense to me yeah,
3: that's yeah, so why GeForce Now had the slow ramp-up. Like, it only just now, what, three or four months ago came out full? In a, by that point, 20 series had been out for a year, so.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, uh, another one from uh, Gal Chris Manic, uh says, um, does anyone have any experience with Optane drives? Is this tech going anywhere?
0: Gordon does. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends on which Optane you're talking about. Uh, Optane is which actually... Which we have a video about. <laughs> We have a video about it. It's really cool. If you go look for PC World YouTube, you can see Optane. We take two exact, lo- exactly the same laptops, identical hardware, identical OS, identical applications, and we control them at the same time using a mouse and keyboard, both at the same time. The Optane laptop,
3: for the most part, kicked the crap out of pause. the pause. Oh, pause. Are we talking about Optane memory now, or are we talking about Optane SSD before we get into this? Yeah, so that's what I (laughs) I was was going to bring up. So there have been many flavors of
0: Optane. The Optane that you're most likely going to run into on a consumer laptop is uh, Optane Memory H10. Or Optane H10, they're basically a little bit of Optane Memory, which is awesome stuff, and then a lot more affordable NAND. So basically that Optane acts as a tiering. It, It basically puts the really stuff you need really fast off of it. And the slower stuff goes on the SSD. It's actually amazing stuff for what you really do. Opening applications, opening multiple applications. It just really, it's dramatically, it dramatically is, it's, go watch that video. And you'll be like, oh, damn, this is pretty good. It's amazing stuff. But there's some things where it can be slower than an SSD. Now, the other thing you're talking about is an OptaneDry SSD. Uh, one terabyte is probably like I don't know thirteen hundred dollars versus I don't know two hundred dollars of a standard NAND SSD. That stuff is awesome too, but it's probably twelve hundred bucks. I don't know what the pricing of it is. It's just been very expensive. So
1: crazy expensive.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, hell, if I had a system, I'd in an hour, you know, Bill Gates, I I would want an Optane drive in there as my primary boot. I'd want a one terabyte and run everything from there. But that's not for most people because standard sds are mm. much cheaper and actually plenty fast so yeah
1: the, and we actually
0: oops oh, sorry. Oh, sorry go
1: ahead uh, just for pricing real quick so you know the uh, ghost canyon up that i uh reviewed it has an optane i think 900p in there only like 300 some weird amounts like 320 gigs of storage that thing's five hundred dollars yeah,
0: yeah. so super expensive and what is a i mean a, a 500 gig ssd is what $70, 60 bucks now? So Less than
3: seven. Yeah, you can get it for
0: a $0.10 cents a gig if you yeah. look but, around. But that 900p will just... It'll just... I mean, sometimes it's almost like a hard drive. You could. I mean, like, the scale is like... If you open it up on an Optane memory drive, the H10 drive, it'll launch Word in, like, a second, half a second, if you're doing other stuff in the background. You open that up in the SSD, it might be, like, eight seconds more. That's almost like a hard drive in some ways, but also... I will tell you we forget hard drives are more like 80 seconds. So it's yeah. not the SSD, it's that's the problem with Optane is it's, it's hard to justify.
3: The actual the 900p or whatever the uh, the Optane SSD is actually in our best SSD roundup is the fastest one you can buy, but it costs ludicrous amounts. And I yeah. wish we would see more of the Optane memory and I wish they had given it a different name so we didn't have to have this conversation because Optane memory is super awesome and transformative, I think, and it addresses an issue that a lot of people have with standard hard drives and stuff, but like Intel's marketing around it is as bad as Microsoft's marketing around everything. Like it's just real hard <laughs> to keep track of and that makes it real hard to sell to people. Yeah. You do wonder because I mean,
0: this, there's a pure SSD drives are pretty awesome. The memory stuff, hybrid stuff is pretty good mm-hmm. combined with a hard drive. I'm going to tell you it it's ain't worth it. Maker. No. Well unlike no, because I i actually I when I got my new desktop at work, I said, you know what? Give me one with an optane drive. I think it had a 16, 16 gig optane drive and some, you know, one terabyte hard drive, because they didn't want to pay for a one terabyte hard drive for my work machine. I really thought it would be better. Yeah, certainly better than a hard drive. Sometimes it's pretty decent, but there's times where you're just like, oh my God. You know you're <laughs> on the hard drive and you just want to like you just should have gone with an, uh, even a, I would take a, a one terabyte QLC drive still over mm-hmm. a NAND drive SSD over a hard drive with, with Optane. It just yeah. doesn't, it just yeah. doesn't fly. I know that's what they're trying to, to do, but it just, it really is not as fun as you would hope it would be.
2: Uh, speaking names, uh, what was it? Uh, Thrashy said unoptanium. That's, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I love uh, all right, a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Dark Helmet has an easy one for us. I haven't seen any official review of it on your website. Do you have any early read on the battery life for the 13-inch HP NV X360 with the Ryzen 5400? I'm sorry, 4500U or 4700U? Do you know anything about that?
0: You know, I don't know. I haven't seen any battery life out of that. I'm, I'm hopeful it's actually pretty good because. We saw with the uh, Asus uh, ROG G14 Zephyrus, I think I got that right, pretty spectacular battery life for a gaming laptop, for an 8-core gaming laptop. It was impressive battery life. Then I saw the Acer, you know, budget uh, Swift 3. It was, it was about, it wasn't great, which it kind of made me a little worried, but at the same time, when I look back at all the other Acer Swift 3 laptops based on Intel, Ice Lake, and Whiskey Lake and other Intel parts, it sort of told me the entire platform itself isn't quite as power efficient, isn't quite as tuned as the higher-end parts. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, HP Envy is going to be higher-end, so I think the battery life might be pretty decent. That's my guess. I don't know. We'd have to see somebody get one of these things and test it, but that's my read of it.
2: Okay, sweet uh two more uh dj brug says uh is it worth it to upgrade from a 2700x to a 3700x or should they wait for gen 4 uh prices to drive uh the 3800x down uh mostly going to be using it for premiere and after effects
0: hmm. i would say no my my i mean there's a decent uptick in performance going to 2700x but you know we're we're not really there or that but again Breaking news, internet Zen 3 launch not pushed back to 2021. As I understand it, it will launch, it is on schedule apparently. It will launch, as they said earlier this year, on time. So, Mm -hmm. do you really want to buy a 3700X right now? I might wait a little bit. I'm you know, because 2700X is still an awesome part, you're still getting eight cores, let it ride for another three months, right? That's not going to kill you, right? If it's killing you. Then you're doing Premiere and After Effects. You might want to think about a, you know, thirty nine hundred X. Go for a few more cores.
2: Yeah, it says Even, he doesn't have the the uh, he c- can't quite afford moving up to the Ryzen nine.
0: Um, yeah. So I mean, but at the same time, if there is a Zen three part that comes out, uh, that we understand. Again, breaking news. It is it is going to launch. Not not delayed. Rumors are wrong. That's going to take a lot of parts and compress them all and maybe push prices a little better. That's for Elena. That's that's an Elena one. <laughs> maybe I, it'll get better prices. No?
1: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, like that question's interesting to me because they're saying that they want to upgrade, but they don't have enough money to jump all the way to Ryzen 9. But it's like, well, if you don't have enough money to jump... To Ryzen 9, why are you jumping one gen right now from 2700X to 3700X? 3800X. 3800X, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just I just feel like the performance bump that you would get with that makes it worth, not worth doing it right now. You might as well wait a little longer, save a little extra money, and just go for a Ryzen 9. Um, even if it is only to a 3900X, but you can wait until... Thanksgiving period and see if they go on sale because you know Zen three finally dropped or whatever.
2: Especially with yeah. the new GPU, I don't know their workflow, but especially with the new GPU optimizations in Premiere, you know, like no. uh, it's 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 given me a boost, which is great. So <laughs> without having yeah. to upgrade any CPU, so <laughs>
3: and they, it uh, is fair. Good. I was gonna say right now I'm looking it up. Uh, the 3800X is right now 330 bucks on Amazon. Single-gen jump. It is significant going from Ryzen 2nd gen to Ryzen 3rd gen, but not significant enough to really invest that 330 bucks. But if you do wait those few extra months until Zen 3 is announced, one, if you have a B400 series board or a X400 series board, you could potentially be able to spend more money to get Zen 3 processors for whatever mm-hmm. price they launch at. Or when those come out, like we we're all saying, AMD has a strong history of slashing their prices to get them out of here. After, mm-hmm. so you might be able to jump to that Ryzen nine for three hundred and fifty bucks. Yep. So roughly the same price if yep. you just wait that extra three bucks.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate what Adam said is like you know, and what everybody said here, but it is a really decent uplift. It's not going to justify itself. Whereas if you looked at maybe you need a GPU with uh, support for NV Inc and NV Decode that's faster or if you need maybe a larger SSD or even more RAM possibly that is a better investment of your money right now than it is I think over
3: a single generation jump. And now that Premiere I don't know does support NDI and stuff like that? Like the 1650 Super doesn't have the new encoder, but the or the 1650 doesn't, but the new 1650 Super does include Oh, it does. NBank support, the Super the non-Super doesn't. The Super does have the new encoder. So that is uh, 170 bucks or something like that. So if you're looking specifically to Accelerate Premiere, you might want to go see, look on YouTube, look around forums to see if there's anybody with experiences using the 15 su- 1650 Super in the new Premiere that supports GPU encoding because uh, that might actually be a better option than upgrading your processor. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're using a card that doesn't support
0: GPU encoding, it is, GPU acceleration is very much worth it, so.
3: I know, I know uh, the 1650 Super is very, very popular with streamers and other people who make YouTube things up their streams and stuff like that, specifically for that NVENC support, so definitely, definitely look down that, you know, path.
2: All right, last one. Uh, this is kind of an interesting one. I don't know how much we're gonna be able to, to answer for, it, but it was on Twitch. Uh, Colin five one nine asked, "What do you guys think devs will be able to do in games with Sony's fancy SSD controller that cannot do on a traditional NVMe controller? Do you think it will get skipped so devs can target all the new systems more readily, or is it just the first-party Sony Magic Gate for NVMe, which is their proprietary Magic Gate was a proprietary uh, save system?"
3: I don't don't. want to go Brad first opinions hot takes uh, I think that's basically it I think the first party you know titles will really lean into it and like they were showing you instantaneously a period in different worlds in ratchet and clank during the uh, PlayStation 5 thing things like that that's super cool Uh, you might not get it quite as fast on the PC with an NVMe controller but still going to be awfully damn fast so, I don't know how much extra work is going to be involved into using it, or how much bigger of a de- delay will be versus an NVMe drive. But I think you'll still be very happy with NVMe performance.
0: Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't. I don't see much of a difference between a, a decently, you know, a decent spec PC. If we're talking about versus PC, uh, I'm still at a little bit of a loss to figure out what, what he, there must be something Sony has planned. They really need that incredible amount of of, of uh, uh, disc I.O. So I, maybe there's something that they are just going to blow us away with. But I'll, the way games are made today and the way that games perform
3: today, I don't I can't really see that much of a difference. Well, I mean, this only course- loading into new worlds like in Rancho like If you do that in GTA or whatever, that's like huge. That's a massive thing. But just I think all both the consoles are going to have like the equivalent of PCIe 4 or better and you know, we have SSDs here. I don't see anybody but Sony developers like really lean into hardcore trying to optimize for that specific yeah. controller. They're just gonna be like, yeah. hey, we have like NVMe class storage now and that's what we can plan yeah,
1: around. I, I really think it's going to be just more of a, a thing that they can tout when they're marketing the console, right? Because well, I mean, they're always gonna go to their first party titles to say like, look, this is what you got from a PlayStation console. So if those games load instantaneously and they can say, like, hey, we, you want to play Halo? That's great. But, you know, if you come over to us, our stuff loads faster. You get the, the absolute best performance.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting from the PC perspective is um, you would think that just having the most awesome, you know, IO performance is going to make a difference. But it doesn't a lot of it really does count on developers because I, I did this test you know, decades ago where we took Battlefield 2, which if you've ever played Battlefield 2, you launched it from a hard drive but it would take like 10 minutes to launch. That bar would just be scrolling for forever. I was like, well, what the hell? It's like, it's, Hard drives can't be this slow. So we took Battlefield 2 we, we created a RAM drive and we installed Battlefield 2 onto a RAM drive and it launched like maybe 20% faster. And you know it wasn't the RAM drive. And was, I was a developer told me it's like, look, a lot of this is you're you're taking, you have to decompress all these textures. You got to deal with all this other stuff that that gets bogged down elsewhere. It's not just simply having the most awesome, you know, storage device in the world. You know, and obviously developers weren't going to go and develop Battlefield Two for people running it from a RAM drive. So if Sony can get people on board with those developers, yeah, those those games you'll just never wait for anything to launch. That's only if they can get them to do that, right?
2: Yep, yep. We will see. Uh, all right, Gordon. I want to make a RAM
3: drive now. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Computer, I want to do that and see what... That might just be fun. I might do that as a personal project. Well, you know, a lot <laughs> of it,
0: You know, games are like... Honestly, they're like Adobe products. They don't rewrite everything to brand-new spanking code and start over. They reuse a lot of stuff. There's just a lot of things that are will take yep. forever to upgrade so
2: yep. all right gordon i think that's it so let's uh let's wrap it up and get out of here i'm hungry right,
0: i gotta i gotta find the notes me too <clears throat> so check back next week for your fix of pc talk on the full nerd for audio listeners subscribe to us on itunes google play spotify or stitcher also leave a review every time you do the internet releases a new rumor and I chafe my hands over it. <laughs> also, send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Turns out RAM is still too expensive to build a RAM drive. <laughs> Elena Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch.
2: I'm going to have to go back and watch all those old videos of Gordon's hands and just Someone's now under- my God. Un- now understand why it's so chaffed.
0: Oh, my God. It's pushed into next year. This is going to be a coprocessor. processor it It'll be too pushing. expensive.
2: It, it makes it's so much five sense.
1: Nanometer. Yeah.
0: All the hand ringing. It's called hand ringing. Stop <laughs> your hand wringing.
2: <laughs> all right. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Uh, have a good week. We will see you later. Bye.